welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Dan Russell. Coach Russell is an assistant coach at Montana State. We talked to him today about success at the JUCO level, how to build culture, relationships, and the importance of setting goals in a program. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you work hard to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. How are you? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Uh, thank you for coming on and spending some time with us, and especially on a weekend. And I'm just, you know super enthusiastic about what this uh, platform is doing for other coaches. And I know initially when we kind of were in communication, I, uh, I thought to myself, all right, let, let's dig into what, what's going on with coach Russell there at Montana state. And then what's your background and all that. So kind of just to kick it off coach, uh, how were you introduced to the game? Yeah, well, first of all, really happy to be here. Um, thanks for having me on. But, yes, um, you know, I, I kind of got introduced to the game through my dad. Um, you know, not it's just one of those cliche stories that, you know, he kind of got me introduced to the game when I was a little kid. And, you know, it was just something that I, I, I loved and loved doing, loved watching. Um, couldn't get enough of. So gotcha. that kind of just stuck with me through the whole, through the whole, uh, you know, my college career. And I played two years at Casper college for a guy okay. named Bill Johnson at Stewart. And then, um, went and played at black Hill state for a guy named Paul Sather, who's now at North Dakota. Uh, okay. but then I, I got a chance to, uh, uh, got a graduate assistant position for a guy named Heath Stroyer, who's now at McNeese State, but he was the head okay. coach at Wyoming. Gotcha. And um, so that's kind of where, you know, the, the you know, it started when I was younger and, you know, my passion and love grew for the game just throughout. And, and the more I learned about the game, the more I fell in love with it. And, and um, you know, I was very blessed to be around some some really good coaches and and, and and Paul Sather, who was at Northern State, now at North Dakota, Heath Royer, and you know the guy I worked for at, Cas- or at Casper College, a guy named Joel Davidson, was at Sheridan College for a long time, and then went to Casper and hired me, and and um, he he moved on and got got an assistant job at Northern Colorado, and that that was when I got promoted to uh, the head coaching position at Casper College. You know, coaches, you're telling you're running down you're running down the line of the coaches you you were under, you played for all that stuff. I think sometimes we, yeah. we we make a big deal about coaching trees in that, you know, who's uh who's come out of those coaching trees and I think it's almost like you're the fruit of a lot of coaching trees and uh and I think sometimes that just warrants like what you're doing. You're running down the line of giving those coaches, you know, notice. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm all about that. I'm all about giving credit where credit is due, even if, it, even if it's multiple sources. It's not necessarily like well, yeah. that that one did it. And the last guy I was with, I, I counted it as his fruit <laughs> from his tree. I think we, you know, it, it's kind of true across the board. We all kind of take from each other and learn from each other and steal from each other or whatever, however you want to look at it. 
And I think that's, it's, 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 it's a dynamic situation when you can learn from so many different coaches and then apply it to your, your style of coaching or how you do things. Um, Without a doubt, you know, and that's, that's, it kind of goes back to that big borrow and steal method. Like I, I've been around so many great coaches and have learned so many great things. And, and, you know, that's another, that's, a, you know, another, another thing about the game that just makes you, makes you fall and fall more in love with it is, yeah. is the more stuff you learn from all these great coaches, you know, it, it makes you, you realize how much more basketball there is out there and how much there, you know, there is to learn. And now being with coach Sprinkle and learning from him every day, is it's just been a, it's been a blessing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, learning from those guys in my playing experience. Um, I also think was a big reason why I got into to the college coaching profession and, uh, wanted to further and help, help, help kids like myself at the time, you know, become, become great basketball players and great human beings and great students. And, you know, hopefully have a chance to, to really make, make our players or players lives, um, really great like my yeah. coaches made my life you know so it's uh it's been pretty awesome my journey and my ride has been pretty great and yeah. uh i've been fortunate to be around some great people sounds like your coach sounds like you your journey was uh maybe not the fast track to uh to what you you wanted to do but that in that process i mean because we talk to kids about the process all the time and there really is one it's not just a cliche, although I yeah. think a lot of people do you know, cliche it into the ground. Uh, it, it really, there really is something to be said about a process. And like you're talking about your playing days at Casper and, and, and being from that community as well. And then going on to coaching them. That's, that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. I think in my, in my opinion, when you can stay kind of local, local boy does good, all that kind of stuff. What was that like when you first started yeah. coaching at Casper? Man, it was it was a awesome experience. Um, I had unbelievable support from the community, Casper, just being a local guy, and then coming back and uh, after I got done my with my playing career, then and uh, you know it made me want to raise my level of standard of coaching and and what I was giving back to my community because uh, they were so great to me and so welcoming and opening to to having me back and being the head coach at Casper College and. Um, you know, it really, it really helped in recruiting. It really helped in our culture. Um, I, I think our guys, the this, this stuff that we fought for in our culture every day, you know, and uh, was, was rewarded every time we got out on the floor, you know, the guys yeah. played hard, they, they played the right way, but they were, they were well received by, by the Casper community and the crowds. And um, that was something that made Casper college such a unique junior college experience because you know I know most people when they think of Casper Wyoming they they you know there's there's just a huge misconception of Casper and Wyoming and yeah. it's actually an unbelievable junior college program um, college you know the stuff that they can provide and and the just the facilities and the uh, the operational budget and scholarship budget and you know, not a lot of junior colleges have. And yeah, one very true, very true. Kind of, um, you know, it just helps so much. And um, we, I was I was blessed and fortunate enough to be able to take over the reins from 
Joel Davidson when when he decided to leave and take an assistant job at Northern Colorado, and um, it's it's been a long journey and it's been a long process, but it's been a it's been very well worth it. Um, and and along the way, the the you know I think sometimes people get caught up in how how hard the process is or maybe all the negatives of the process but for me i didn't really look at it that way i looked at all the you know more of the positive um and and all the positive relationships i built through that that time and that journey um that one year at wyoming being the graduate assistant and um you know, being an assistant at Casper College and and just the, the players I got to coach and seeing what they're doing now and the positive impact they're putting on people's lives, you know, it's just really rewarding to me and and really that's that's you know outside of winning, obviously, yeah. the relationships you know, you build and I've built in that process, you can't put a price tag on and that's that's stuff that you can take with you no matter what you're doing or where, you know, where you're at and uh, can apply it to, you know, I can apply it to our players here at Montana state and so on and so forth. So um, it's just, it's, it's been great. Um, You know, the, the, the journey has been long. It's been a long one, but it's been really rewarding. And um you know the junior college level is not as bad, not as bad as a lot of people think or make it out to be. Yeah, <clears throat> there's a there's a lot of things in terms of being a player that you can take from it and learn and and use towards your life, not only in the basketball game and the basketball world, and and you know the same for same for coaches as well. Got you, coach. Now you talked about winning. Uh, a couple of things I want to go back on, but, but first the winning part. You said aside from winning, what what was important? Now, y'all did a lot of winning while you were there, and uh, you know, yeah. won, won a, a regional championship, and uh, you know those. And you you were actually coach of the year uh, that year in that region. Those what one forty five and fifty two for the five seasons that you were at the helm. That is that's pretty good, and and I say that because I know the the JUCO level keep keeping guys engaged. Constantly, sometimes is a hurdle uh, because there's. I think you. you I've seen programs, uh, JUCO programs, where keeping guys engaged is kind of like the biggest, the biggest issue, and and not that they're not happy to be there, not that they're not enthusiastic about being there, but there is kind of the the dog days and every. I think at the, at every level, but sometimes at the JUCO level, it, it gets kind of rough. Uh, from the perspective of why everybody is there, how everybody got there, and where's everybody going, and those I think those perspectives or those uh, variables kind of that sometimes need to be explored. Uh, so, what? How did you deal as far as when you when you were building the culture there uh, with kind of uh, navigating through, I guess the reasons and agendas that guys were there for for two years or one year maybe. Well, how how did you navigate through that? Right. Well, you, you know, you talk about culture and culture is obviously the most important thing. And, and, you know, you hear people talk about, you know, fighting for your culture every day. And it, that's a, that's a true, that's a real thing. We, we, we had daily battles, daily fights uh, with, with guys and our culture, 
you know, just to make sure guys were doing the right things every day. And, and you're right. They, they did go through the dog days just because there are those times where, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get up early for class. I don't want to yeah. get up early for morning workouts or, um, you know, pre- practice three days straight or, you know, conditioning or weights or whatever it might be. You know, those are things that, you know, we, we would have to stay on them all the time and, and try to get them prepared for the division one level, because we try to run our program at Casper college as close, similar to, you know, what division one programs do just right. to get them. Just, if they were lucky or fortunate enough to sign a division one scholarship that, they would be as prepared as possible. And we did our job to try to get them, you know, ready and make the transition as smooth as possible. So, you know, we, we didn't run our, we, we ran our program more like a four year division one program, D two program than anything else. And part of it for me was just the whole preparation aspect of it. And just, Hey, these guys, these guys got to get used to the daily battle. They got to get yeah. used to the daily grind, the schedules being manipulated. However, you know, the head coach chooses just the, the early morning weights and conditioning and the individual workouts on top of practice and class and how you were going to manipulate all that in between their class schedule and, and, and trying to, you know, make sure they eat right, which, yeah. which, which is a battle at junior college level because you just don't have the resources <laughs> yeah. to do that at, like, say, a Division One program. But, um, you know, we, 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 we fought for our culture every day, um, you know, and we, we, we recruited some really good kids and, and who, who knew they were there for a reason and knew there was a plan. Yeah. And one of the best things we did at Casper College, as soon as we got a kid, whether it was a one-year transfer or a two-year kid or you know, who knew he had to be there to graduate and was a non-qualifier, we always sat down with them right away when we got him there. We wrote out a plan. Wow. And, we, you know, the, the plan was obviously to graduate. And for, for just about every single one of them was played Division One basketball. Gotcha, and, yeah. um and, and we, we, we wrote it out and we, we printed that sucker and we put it everywhere. Like just so he could see it. We, we made them put it in their dorm room. We made them put it in their locker room. We had it posted in our coaches offices and it was just a daily reminder. Like, Hey, this is the plan. I can't veer off the plan. This is what coach, my mom, my dad, coach back home, everybody who was involved, you know, knew this was the plan and this is why I came to Casper college. This is why I did, you know, came to the Juco, uh, the Juco route. And, yeah. so, uh, so it was kind of like full, full, dis- I'm sorry, coach, but it sounds like kind of like full disclosure, you know what you're getting into, you know, what's expected, setting the expectations and, and, and kind of here's the, here's the map. Uh, take it. You'll succeed. You don't probably not going to work out. Uh, would you say that's, yeah, it was, it's, it's, I, I, I'm glad to hear what you're saying because I think there's a lot of coaches that are listening in that may be JUCO coaches and they're thinking to themselves, how do I, you know, kind of divert or change culture from where it's been and how do I get these kids to buy in? How do I get, you know, certain things done? And I think everything you're saying, and I hate to have cutting you off there, but I just think I, I really, I really, I, I really want to key in on this because I feel like there's some advice here for, for the JUCO coach. And because I guarantee you, there's some coaches out there that are aspiring to be JUCO coaches as well, 
It's not like every every coach is saying, man, I got to go straight Division One, two, three. You know, there's coaches that are saying, I want to start at the JUCO level uh, because I went there or whatever the case may be. So in, in everything you're saying, coach, as far as, uh, you know, what, what kind of advice would you give coaches? Because here again, this is something that they'll 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 have to go through or experience in that now that you're at the division one level, these things translate, like you said earlier, what what translate, what's taking a kid from point A to point B, what's taking the staff from point A to point B. How's everybody walking in the gym knowing that they're all it's all, you know, all in. Everybody's all in. What, what, what advice would you give to a coach that says, uh, I, my program is a mess right now at the JUCO level. What can they immediately do to help change culture if it's not if it's an unhealthy one? Right. I, I would say, you know, first, first things first, you got you got to you got to jot down a plan for yourself um, and your program and where you see your program heading and where you want it to go. Um, I, I've always, and I've learned this from a young, young age. You just, I, I got, I got sticky notes everywhere. I got notebooks everywhere, uh, pen and paper everywhere. Just when thoughts come up in my head, I would just write them down. And w- when I thought fit, I would, I would use it towards my players. I would use it towards my program. And I think right, just, just initially writing something down and, and start, thinking about how you want things ran, how you see them, how, how you see it working in your mind. And, and you just got to put it down on a piece of paper and you got to, you, you, then you got to start implying it to, to your program, to your coaches um, and your players. And, you know, the other thing I would say too is, is, you know, the, co- the coaching profession is, is a hard profession. It's a rewarding profession, but it's a hard profession. And, Sometimes I think guys can can get a little impatient or get discouraged, and and they may you know say I don't know if this is for me or you know I don't know if this is what we should be doing. Even even if you know the the plan you wrote out was you know something that you thought might work you know right away or a year down the road, two years down the road, four years down the road, whatever it might may be. You know, great things take time. And, you know, just because something that you put together or your plan didn't work right away doesn't mean it won't work. And, you know, that was something I learned early as a head coach at Casper College was, you know, some of the things that I, you know, had planned or envisioned, um, you know, didn't always go the right way. And sometimes you had to, you know, make adjustments or you had to, you know, try to, you know, tweak things a little bit just to fit, you know, a certain couple players or a certain, you know, part of your practice or, you know, scheduling, whatever it might've been, you know, everything didn't always work right away. So, you know, just, you gotta, you gotta stay patient and you gotta, you know, be ready and willing to learn and open up your playbook a little bit. We, I, I talk about sometimes just to fit certain individuals or certain aspects of your program. And, and with that, takes some, some, some patience and it takes a lot of like, see, you know, follow through and just keep, keep grinding away, man. Um, I know people probably talk about it a lot on these podcasts or whatever you hear it a lot, but man, it's just, if, if you just stay the course and, and keep your head down and keep, keep grinding, keep doing it the right way, 
I believe good things happen to good people. Definitely. So, definitely. Uh, yeah. So coach, I mean, you're, you're saying all these things and it's, um, it's helping me to kind of grow too, as I'm kind of putting myself in those shoes and saying how important then at that point, if you're the head coach, you're the one taking the helm. How important is it for your staff to buy into that? And how, and what does it take, I guess, on a daily basis to get your staff to buy in as well? It's extremely important. Um, you know, those, those guys got to help you follow everything out and, and make sure that all your, your, whatever your rules might be or your standards might be, um, uh, all the day-to-day operational stuff get, have to get followed through. And, and those are the guys who are in it with the guy, you know, your players a lot. And um, when you have great assistant coaches, which I've been very fortunate at Casper College to have unbelievable assistant coaches, um, that those guys were, they were always bought in. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they even, even, even if there were times we disagreed, um, and we, we talked it out and I, I gave them my reasoning behind how I wanted a certain thing done or whatever, you know, they always, they always were open to learning and exploring and building new knowledge and helping me imply that knowledge through, you know, focused instruction. And, um, those guys, those guys always gave me good, uh, good little nuggets and ideas. And we, I was able to use a lot of those as well. And, and I think that helped empower them to become more bought in. Gotcha. If that makes any sense. No, it does. Because at that point you're yeah. saying, you're saying, no, we're, we're on this thing together. I can learn from you. You can learn from me. We're all, we're on the same thing. In other words, you're, you're, what you're doing is you're showing them. I have a growth mindset. I'm not just a teacher, but I'm a learner because I think it, at every coaching yep. level, we're all teachers but can we show to our show to our kids and the program and the people, all the stakeholders that we're learners as well. And we're willing to kind of go on that journey together. So very valuable what you're saying, coach, uh, because, you know, making a plan, writing it down, uh, you know, being a good learner, still being a great teacher. And then from each other on the staff, you know, all those things speak to empowerment. Uh, like you said, in, in, in giving them some autonomy as well, in a sense, not, not letting them take the reins completely, but you're saying, I value you. And at the end of the day, I think the kids that show up to a JUCO, uh, to a Division One, to Division Two, Three, NAIA, wherever, whatever level, are looking to be valued. Otherwise, why would they be there? You know what I mean? So I think that it's, right. it's, it's, it speaks a lot. Yeah. yeah, and it's also great with your players, too. Like, you know, some of your leaders on your team, uh, to bring them in and to ask them what they think. Or, you know, if, if something we're running is not working or, you know, something they may see different as a player aspect, different, uh, you know, than, than your coaching aspect yeah, uh, can help you learn and grow as a coach. Definitely. And it also empowers them to make them feel <clears throat> more ownership in that JUCO program that they've invested in. And that, that was that was another thing you brought up there is that I thought we kind of hit at Casper colleges was we really tried to empower our players and try to make them feel as involved and had their hands on it as much as they could, because we didn't want our players to look at the whole junior college time, their, their time at, at Casper college as like a jail sentence. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like, Oh, I'm just 
I'm just going to go to Casper and do my time. Do and, time, yeah. And then move wow. on. You know, and because I, I found that all the players that we've had that came to Casper and they really took ownership in, in Casper College and the program and and made it as best as experience as possible. Those were the guys that usually had the best careers at Casper College and moved on and were successful Division One players, and we've had a ton of them. Uh, who moved on to the Division One level and have done a great job and had good careers at the four years that they went to, and but those were always the guys that, you know, they they really took ownership in their time at Casper and didn't treat the junior college time as like a, like I said a jail sentence or a, you know like oh like I'm just gonna go go do my time here They're and paying their penance. <laughs> Yeah, they, re- yeah. they really maximized their time, and yep. those were the guys who got the most out of it. So you said you, that was key what you just said there, maximizing your time, and that kind of leads me to my next question because I think time is uh, is a friend or an enemy depending on how you uh, kind of manage your right. life and your lifestyle. Uh, so now, as a Division One coach, assistant coach, how do you or what do you sacrifice to do what you do on a daily basis, coach? Well, I, I think, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing for, for me right now in time is, uh, you know, I, I got married last August. Uh, Congratulations. To a, yeah. a, to my, thank you. My beautiful wife, Keisha, um, who, who is a coach's daughter, and her, her father has been uh, coaching at the Division One level and was at the NBA level for, wow. for a long time. He's, he's been doing it for, for a really, really long time. And uh, so she – she has an idea and a, a grasp on how this, how co- a coach's life works. And, but, uh, you know, my wife is expecting we're, we're, my wife and I are expecting. And, and uh, so just, just the time away from your family. Uh, yeah. You know, I, every coach, just about every coach has a family and uh, the time they sacrifice um, away from their family to, uh spend on on the program like at montana state and and our players here and and that's something that i I, we've really taken i've really taken away from my family is now that we're in at montana state and coach sprinkle's done a very good job with this and this is something that i've learned is is just meeting with our players as much as possible just to try to get to know the the new our new guys and the guys we signed in this spring and uh, the guys we're, we're going to be going to battle with, you know, we, yeah. we just got to have the best relationships possible. And I've always believed that, you know, your players won't ever care what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Wow. And, Good uh, word. That's something that I, 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 you know, every morning I wake up and that I, I need to let these guys know my players know how much I care about them and have a great work hard to have a great relationship with them to, to try to empower them and to try to get them to buy into not only myself, but coach Sprinkle and coach Haslam, coach Durden, our staff here at Montana state. Um, but the, the coach Sprinkle's done a fantastic job with that so far. So we've been, we've been working really, really hard to try to develop good relationships with our players here. But yeah. obviously that takes away from, from your family as a coach. Yeah. And, yeah. um, 
but uh, you know these 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 guys in turn your players in turn turn into your family. Yeah, and definitely. That's one benefit. That's one benefit of the coaching profession is is you know your your family grows always. Yeah, and, you, yeah. Um, you know that to me that's the biggest uh, perk of being a coach is that now you're building relationships for the rest of your life, hopefully, because. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, coach, when, when we're, we're gone and, uh, the only thing we leave behind are the relationships we made. That's it. Because you can't can't take the car, you can't take the money. You can't take your, uh, savings account. You can't take anything with you, your favorite t-shirt, uh, or whatever. Uh, you can only take the relationships you made. And so what you're saying is, is just, just a huge, huge ball of truth. And also the sacrificing part of it, when I think about it, it's like you don't want to sacrifice relationships because you're going too hard at it and you're maybe not taking the time to build. And sometimes you sacrifice other relationships because you're trying to do something else that's just, it's it's unproductive. So I think what you're talking mm-hmm. about in, in y'all setting, y'all really have a good uh, concept of how to get full buy-in and selling guys to the vision of what you're doing, not just selling them to yourself. Uh, and I think that's what I heard yeah. from you is like, yeah, we want to, we want to make sure they're bought into us, who we are as people, but ultimately the vision and the goal and, and kind of what we're headed to, if I'm hearing that right. So coach, yeah, you know, without a doubt, you know, it's uh, the, just the, the vision that we have laid down in, in the plan, you know, that's something that we we've also done in Montana state. Like I did at Casper college was, you know, the, the, the plan we're right now for him, like, Hey, this is the plan we have for you this summer, yeah. uh, before school stuff. And, you know, without building the relationship first and, and still working on the relationship, you know, some of these guys probably looking at us crazy <laughs> when we're talking about, you know, the plan that we have for them yeah. when we just got in three, four months ago yeah. and just learning these people, learning how they operate, learning how they tick, what most, what motivates them you know, how we can get the most out of them and maximize their time uh, here at Montana State. And, um, you know, I I think it starts with writing things down, like I talked about in in the plan. And those will will help your relationships and the vision and all that. You know, what you're saying here, again, is so much truth. And it's taking a real personal interest in each player. And also here again, I, I have this concept of coaching and I've, I'm sure I heard it somewhere, but you coach kids about, you, co- you coach kids or players in a way where you see them as a finished product already. You you, you got to have that vision and that foresight for them. Otherwise, uh, who, who's going to help them with that? Maybe they're so caught up in the now that they can't see towards the future. So I think you guys are, are, are on the right track with that. And, uh, so that kind of leads me, Coach, to, to my last question that I ask all my guests. And if you've heard the program, then you know uh, it's about yep. it's about legacy. And and when I talk about legacy, because sometimes the, it could get too broad, too big. But I think uh, I remember uh, Stephen Covey has a book called uh, The Seven Habits of Leadership. And one of them is to begin with the end in mind. And And I've taken that with me throughout my career now is like, so I start something, if I'm starting this career as, profes- as a professional, as a coach, uh, how do I want to get to my end goal? Like, uh, so that's why I asked the legacy question, Coach. 
what do you want your legacy to be when you finished your career? Well, you know, that's, man, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think first and foremost, I, I, I love talking about that stuff though. I love the question. Um, I, I love, you know, I, I, I love the whole concept of it because I think, you know, it makes you evaluate what you're doing and your plan. Yeah. Like I've talked about it on this podcast is like, okay, what, what is your plan of action and how are you going to leave you know, the legacy that you want to leave behind exactly. at the end of the day when yeah. it's all said and done. Um, and I think it kind of goes back for me, Coach, you know, and it's what I prided myself on at Casper College and how we won so many games was the relationships turned into the buy-in. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I obviously I want to win championships. I want to win a ton of games. Um and you said it on this podcast and it was beautiful. Um, you know, it was just all about the relationships that you build and, and the only thing you can take with you when you leave this world, you know, you can't take money, you can't take cars, you can't take all that type of stuff, but you can take the relationships that you made. Definitely. You know, and, and that's one thing I, 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 I'm completely sold on is, you know, you, you can, you can know a ton of stuff in this coaching thing and be a great coach and have all the little nuggets. And, but, you know, if you don't have great relationships with your players to be able to, you know, empower them with and, and teach them, like it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't, yeah. it, it's, it's not, it's not going to help you. What's that all uh, saying coach and, that uh, it's not about the X's and O's. Sometimes it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. Love that one. Jimmy's and Joe's. <laughs> yep. And, and if you can't, if you can't reach them and you, you know, get to know them and let them know how much you care and that you're there for them, you know, that, that is, that is what I want my legacy to be is about the, the relationships I've formed. And, and I want my, all my players to know that, you know, I, I was outside of basketball. We were always there for them. Yeah. You know, anytime yeah. they need something off the court or it wasn't just basketball, it was yeah. more than basketball. Man, that, and, that's um, rich coach. That's really good. And you ne you never, you know, like, like I, like I learned at a young age, it, you'll ne they'll never, they'll never care what you know until they know that you care about them. And, um, I, I really take that to heart. And, um, that's something that I want my, I, I want my legacy to be is just, you know, just the relationships that I've developed with these guys more than just basketball. And, uh, obviously want to be a great coach and win a lot of games, win championships, but, um, you can't do any of that stuff without having great relationships with your players. And Definitely. that's what it's all about. Definitely. And you know what you can maybe, and, and still kind of cheat it, but it's so empty, so empty. It's so, uh, shallow and fickle that it could break apart at any minute. You know, I think that's, uh, that's so, it's so valuable to hear what you're saying, coach. And, and, I, and I thank you for, for everything that you're bringing to the table because, uh, you know, even myself, I need to hear that, you know, kind of had this stuff reiterated to me at times because we, we, we do get caught up in a certain grind, especially if you're a head coach, you're an assistant, especially at the level you're at where, man, there's a lot more required of you than ever before. Uh, you can get caught up in just kind of the structure and the form and not the function. And I think that's, we, we all got to kind of get back to the roots and the fundamentals of why we started coaching in the first place. 
And I believe that's what you're saying is people without, you know, some, I've heard some people say, man, this job would be great if it wasn't for the kids. Like what? Hold on. And, uh, but I I guarantee you somebody out there is taking that perspective and thank God we're not those guys. And so I really, I really appreciate, appreciate you coach, uh, for, for being on, uh, so much, so much information. Uh, I'm so glad we did it. Uh, you know, here again, I, I will be praying for you, your wife, Keisha, and, and your child coming up, uh, that y'all have a long life and, and a long marriage and that your kids be healthy and, and all that coach. So here again, thank you for your time. And, and I really appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me be on and, and I, I, any, any chance I can help, um, count me in uh i think what you're doing is great um and it's awesome for the coaching profession and uh, just keep doing what you're doing man i love your content thank you so much thank you for listening to the creative coaching podcast you can find us at itunes spotify google Podcasts, stitcher anchor and you can even follow us on twitter at creative coach 47 thank you